and it, there's a million stories like that. The, the worst one though is when I sold my original, my beloved original Mega Drive collection, the one that you know I I, I mowed lawns to get the money yeah, for. Yeah, yeah. You know, I saved up my Christmas pocket money, whatever, mm-hmm. and I sold them all for one pound each. And there were some gems in there. Guys, we have with us today the creator of the retro renowned series Weird Video Game Facts and the Complete History, as well as the YouTube famous show Kick Scammers, where <laughs> he breaks down Kickstarter's wildest ideas. He's mm-hmm. a legend in the UK retro gaming scene with over 150,000 followers online. I'm happy to welcome Slopes Game Room, aka DJ Slope, aka Dan. To Streamforge Radio. Thank you so much for that awesome introduction. I, I, I get it quite often when people when I get interviewed on podcasts, but that, that was one of the better ones, definitely. I'm gonna I'm gonna get you to uh, do all of my videos from now on. You can, uh, you can introduce all of them. Amazing! I mean, so happy to have you today with us. I'm I'm already you know excited about just talking about retro gaming. Mm. Guys, if you're listening to this, or or both backgrounds are filled with retro gaming stuff right not just retro i see a lot of switch in the background there yeah, yeah, got a lot of switch. yeah 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 um but you're you're a collector um yes um I, I i actually got rid of the majority of my collection when i went full-time as a youtuber you know just to pay off a few more bills make sure that i'm secure before i take on this youtuber life you never know which way it's going to go so i wanted to make sure i was completely clear of any debt or anything like that so i ended up selling the majority of my collection um it is also when we were moving house so yeah my collection is actually not as big as most you know retro gaming collection people that you've probably spoken to but um yeah i, I collect what i want to play or what mm. i'm what i'm reviewing for a video you know uh yeah. I, I don't just get anything anymore the, the, the days of going to a boot fan going ooh, mega drive games and then buying everything it still has <laughs> are long gone yeah. to be fair those days are long gone anyway you're not ever going to find anything other than a fifa these days but well, um, yeah yeah yeah, yeah. And <laughs> most but if likely, i had the option i would still only buy games i actually want to play yeah i think like over time it, it gets when you're a collector it gets to that point where you're like you have that phase where you collect everything right mm, mm. and then you're like I don't play all these games. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Why do I even exactly. own them, right? So they're sitting there on the shelf. And I'm personally at this stage where I'm like, I need to play these games and then figure out if I'm going to keep them or not. And I exactly. was thinking about like, yeah, like I was thinking about like a, actually a series. I don't know what platform, but like YouTube, TikTok, something where I go through the, the process of picking what I keep and what I sell or what mm-hmm. I give out or, you know, whatever I will do with it. Um, so, but you still collect. I mean, you see like some modern stuff, things that you play. Yeah, so that I mean, that, it's actually yeah. behind the camera. I can twist it around here, but there's a lot more oh. uh, Japanese Mega Drive games on the wall. Nice. There. That's 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 the collection that I'm most into. But it's also yeah. one of the most hardcore, expensive ones to go for. Like uh, in the space of only a few years, may- maybe even one year to two years, that that the prices of uh, uh, Japanese Mega Drive games have really shot up. Um, insane numbers i mean we're talking things Mm. like the original streets of rage uh which weirdly i actually still need i've got the pal copy of it but if i wanted to get the japanese original copy that was a 20 30 pound cartridge a year Mm. maybe two years ago and now it's closer to 70 it's like Mm. the the, the jump is not it's not double it's like triple in a lot of cases interesting because typically like japanese copies are much cheaper than you know 
uh north american or pal even yeah it's definitely the case with super nintendos M- not not all of them obviously you know you've got your wild guns and stuff like that which still go for silly money but yeah um the the the, the popular super nintendo games from my from my i mean i don't look at it all the time but yeah. you know your donkey kongs your marios your yoshis stuff like that your mario karts they all tend to be quite reasonably priced on import yeah uh, whereas powell and american copies for some reason go for quite expensive money yeah. these days and they're, they're not rare by any stretch of the imagination you know they're very popular games yeah exactly and i'm mm. not too familiar with the i'm more familiar with the japanese scene when it comes to, to retro collecting than the the uk or the pal scene what's mm-hmm. the main difference would you say between collecting from the uk or for you know for PAL versus NTSC in the US? Um, so if, you, if you're looking at cartridges, I'm not too sure on the Super Nintendo front. It might be the same, but I'm, I'm, I'm a lot more... Uh, uh, I know what I'm talking about a bit more when it comes to Mega Drive. Um, right. I don't have a lot of UK Mega Drive games. I've got some. Some never came out in other countries, especially in Japan. Um, but unfortunately, they're the 50 hertz versions of the games. Mm. A lot of the time, you can put them in and they'll still run 60 hertz if you have the right hardware. <clears throat> Like I've got the uh, Mega SG here, right? That'll uh, nice. a lot of the time put it over to sixty, sixty hertz. Um, uh, it's, it's 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 something nicer to look at if you're more interested in that that scene. Uh, you've got the the blue spine, which obviously eventually went over to Japan as well. And in the earlier days, you got the black grid, which is the polar opposite to the Master System white grid, um, which I know American also adopted. But yeah, we had a different different style here. And well, yeah, I mean. Is it more? I have a feeling, and that's probably because I'm I'm in Canada, right? So I have a feeling retro collecting is more popular in North America. And I don't want to start a war here, but is that how you feel being in the UK? Like, do you have a lot of collector friends? Do you know a lot of collector people? Or oh yeah, the, yeah, there's there's, yeah. A, there's a lot of collector people. Uh, I mean, you're almost never, I mean, almost never going to find a retro game from even. Play, PlayStation 2 downwards, if I'm honest. Some, maybe it's even moving into the PlayStation 3 generation of games just in the wild at like charity shops, you know, that sort of place or even boot fairs. You might find the odd ones. Um, and if you do find that, that, uh, the generation's all going to be PGA games and FIFA games and stuff right, like right, that. Right. Um, but yeah, if you, if you want the good games, uh, the, the, you know, the, the old school, uh, Master System Mega Drive, Atari era and, and, and higher, uh, it's Dreamcast and like, you really got to go to conventions to get them. Um, mm. is, is they're hard to find all uh, unless you buy them online, and then you don't know what you're getting. Mm. When did you start collecting? Uh, I mean, I never really stopped. As a, uh, I mean, I, no, 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 stop. But started. I mean, no, 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 no. I mean, I, and I'm saying I don't know even know when I when I started thinking about it because I, I had I had my Amstrad back in the day. That was like my first system uh, when yeah. I uh, before I had a Mega Drive before I knew what a Sega or a Nintendo was. Yeah. Um, but then when I eventually got my Mega Drive, I realized that I went a couple of years possibly without playing on an Amstrad. And then I got that bug. Oh, my God, I need to go back. I need to go back. And I still went up, went back and sometimes picked up games for the older mm-hmm. system. Um, and even when I uh, was nearing the end of the Mega Drive's life, I ended up buying a massive collection of Master System games. And that was my first introduction really to proper Master System collecting. Uh, unfortunately, I don't really have um, these these original games anymore, m- minus one or two, because like I say, I sold a lot of them uh, as you move up in the generation, sell, a, sell your old games to get the Dreamcast and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But um, yeah, I mean, even back then, you know, I was, I, was, uh, I was buying older generation games pretty much as early as I can remember. 
Yeah, I think for me, like the, the description of or definition of being a collector is, especially in the video game space, is, is when you stop going to GameStop to sell your games back to GameStop. You know, yeah. it's when you're, yeah, you're yeah, like, yeah. I'm going to keep these games. And I remember for me, it was like maybe like 10, 8, eight to 10 years ago. Um, and I remember like 10 years ago going back and selling my games. And then a couple of years later, when I started collecting, me like, I shouldn't have shouldn't have <laughs> oh oh for stuff. sure like uh, there, there, there's so many examples of that like when i was moving house and we had to sell some stuff to like you know do what we needed to get the deposit or whatever it was the reason yeah. um i remember i sold uh my beloved knuckles chaotix now i mean i still made mm. a killing on that because I, I bought it for 15 pounds 10 right. years before or whatever um but i, I think i sold it for about 150 quid uh, and Not then the next week the next week they announced Sonic Mania and it was like worth hundreds more because really? it was the buzz, wow. you know, like, so if I left it one week and sold it, I would have made easily double that, <laughs> you know? mm. but it's just the way it is, you know, um, and it, there's a million stories like that. The, the worst one though is when I sold my original, my beloved original Mega Drive collection, the one that, you know, I, I, I mowed lawns to get the money yeah, for, yeah, yeah. you know, I saved up my Christmas pocket money, whatever. Mm -hmm. And I sold them all for one pound each. And there were some gems in there. <sighs> Uh, just so I could get extra controllers for my Dreamcast. That's what I spent the money on. Um, wow. Yeah. I've still got those controllers. Dirty I mean, as all keep, hell. Keep the controllers. Know. I'll sell them, okay? <laughs> I, 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 don't, I don't sell anymore. I, I never sell anymore. The memories of your old games are in those controllers. It, right? it, it is. It, it is painful because I know there were some beautiful games in there. And every so often when I see uh, Sonic and Knuckles, which is one of my all-time favorite games. No, it is my all-time favorite game. Right. Um, it had a cardboard case. And when I see it sometimes at conventions, I do have a quick look because I reinforce mine with a cornflake box on the inside mm. just to see if I can find my original one. Because I would pay money for my rubbishy old one, you know, because it's going to be around there somewhere. Someone's got that game. Yeah. yeah. I'll, I'll keep an eye out. <laughs> yeah. Did, did, did like collecting ever got out of hands for you? Like where you would like spend money you don't have or like just get to a point where it's like it's a bit out of control? Um, I mean, yeah, uh, you know, or uh, you know, you spend a lot of money on one game, and then another game comes out along. You know, a, a lot, a lot with the uh, Nintendo Switch, I buy a lot of those limited mm -hmm. edition games there. Yeah, and it's a bit like, actually, why did I just buy this? Because I literally have this on Steam for like ninety nine p. Yeah, yeah, and I've just spent sixty quid on the collector's edition for what reason? There isn't really a yeah. reason, especially yeah. now I've got a Steam Deck. Um, yeah, yeah the and your deck is so amazing, man. I, I got mine a couple months ago now. Yeah, yeah, we'll, yeah. we'll talk about it some more because sure. I absolutely love this console. Yeah, yeah. No, it's good fun. I, I, I'm still, I've got this incredible, powerful device in my hand, and most of the games I'm playing on it are like smaller indie based games. I really do need to drop some proper money on and get like a big God of War type game on there. Right. But at the moment, I'm just enjoying your Binding of Isaacs and stuff like that. Yeah, <laughs> really. yeah, yeah. But that's that's what a handheld gaming is for me. Oh yeah, like you know, these collector boxes typically like you end up like buying it because you love the game and they look awesome, mm. but like I don't know, you never end up necessarily like opening them up, you know, it's just like it's yeah. sitting in the box. Yeah. Uh, I I wonder if that's for me, you know, because I do it too, um, if that's worth it, I guess. I could maybe I could say like Yeah, it, it it's painful because I mean, I'm looking behind. I'm looking in my reflection at the games I've got there. So many of them, I get. I'm like, oh, let's have a look. Yeah, it looks nice. Back in the box, <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And what I also do is I buy these. Um, 
Uh, I've got one in front of me. I buy these uh, uh, these little collection like yeah, cases yeah. that have a collection in, so I so I can take the games out of the big boxes mm-hmm. that I have to open up about fifteen packages just to get to a little yeah. cartridge, and I put them in here, so yeah. then they never need to get opened. So it makes right. it even more pointless having them. Yeah, 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 for sure. No, exactly. I mean, the Steam Deck changes the game, in my opinion, when it mm-hmm. comes to and you're right when it comes to the relevancy. And the uniqueness of the the Switch. Mm-hmm. Like, the Switch is a tremendous console. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But you're right. Like, you know, we all have... Most of us have hundreds of games on Steam. Oh, yeah. And yeah. most of these games, you can just get a Steam Deck, start it up, and just play oh, on the sure. go. And, and it is noticeably more more imp- uh, more powerful than the Switch as well. It, it is. It's bigger. I mean, I, I played... Uh, the, the I played... Um, that trending on it, tremendous. Runs okay. really well, um, really, really well. Elden Ring plays sure. really well, surprisingly well. It's, it's it's incredible. That being said, you better not be you know on the road for eight hours because it's not going to be you know yeah, yeah, uh, yeah the yeah. battery's going to die for like if you play some of these games. Which to me, like that's the only downside of the Steam Deck so far in my mind is that. If you're playing these AAA games type of, type of games, the battery drains really fast. Maybe like an hour and a half, two hours. Yeah, you know? it, it goes quickly. It goes yeah, quickly. Really goes yeah, quickly. for but, sure. But if you're playing like, um, and if you're playing some simulation games, I've been having fun with the F1 manager game. Well, you, you're getting a lot more out of your Steam Deck than me. Mine are all smaller indie games. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> yeah. But still, but still, simulation games because they require to process a lot of information, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it seems like it's even if the if graphically it's not like the best looking thing, it still drains a lot of power. Oh, but, yeah. But if you're playing games like uh, TMNT Shredder's Revenge, for example, some of these, like, you know, uh, you can play for like, I don't know, four or five, six hours, right? Which yeah, is yeah, yeah. I, I played through the majority of like Stray and um mm-hmm. i actually i actually played through again defense grid 2 which is like an old tower defense game i played through those completely uh i, I done a lot of that on the plane recently on, to florida which is like a seven hour journey six seven hour yeah. journey yeah. but i mean I, i've got a game somewhere there i don't know where about it is oh there it is uh portal bridge constructor which is just like a 2d portal right. game where it's it just is, like yeah. you know yeah you build bridges and you make them go through portals yeah. towards the end of that game on the switch it is like really really drops in frame rate we're talking like 10 frames a second or something mm. ridiculous it's like you, you cannot see what's going on and you're like this is insane because this is quite a basic game um i mean i'm sure it's got something to do the way that we due to the way it was ported on yep. the switch but you just know there's not going to be a problem if you play that on the steam, steam deck yeah yeah, no, yeah it's a tremendous console i mean and, and, and thank god nintendo has some you know real competition when it comes to that space because yeah. i think that competition is always healthy you yeah, know it's sure. always good sure. it's good for them to because you know nintendo i, I love nintendo so do you I'm, i don't want to i don't yeah. mean to speak on your behalf but looking at the switch games and the <laughs> I, I, I love there. i love nintendo's first party games more than anything like i think right. they're like unbeatable yeah you know the, the day that they end up going down the route of Sega, which they're not going to, but if that right. day ever did come, I think the majority of the uh, uh, world, when they, you know, the competition, your Sony's, your Xbox, your Steam, and all that would really, it would really open their eyes to just to how good Nintendo's first-party games are because they are just mm-hmm. out of this world. People that don't play them don't realize how good they are. They, they're, no, yeah. you know, 3D platforming games are, are just 
they're, they're their next level. You know, Zelda is fantastic. Um, you know, but normally when they take a, um, a, a game concept, they just push it so well and it's just so fun to work your way through. Like mo- yeah. most first party games by Nintendo. I, yeah, I'm absolutely. a big, big fan of them. Mm. Like Mario Odyssey is one that to me like is underrated in, in many ways in my oh, opinion. It's unreal. It's still probably the best game on the Switch. It's crazy. Yeah, it's a crazy, great game. Uh, that being said, Mm. I think Nintendo can tend to be a bit lazy uh, mm. when it comes to pushing the technology. Like they're gonna, and they they typically have like a good generation, a bad one, good one, bad one, good one, bad one. Like historically, yeah. you know, that's what they you no know, they, they did with like the the Wii and the Wii U, for example, was a was a lazy. Yeah, uh, they, they, yeah. It, it shows how good their games are because the technology isn't isn't there. Imagine yeah. what Nintendo games would be like if they were running on uh, Xbox Series X or PlayStation Five hardware. Yeah, like, <laughs> but, 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 but that's the thing. They make hardware that is like preparatory to 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 them. You know, like like you know mm. the Wii Mote and the Nunchuck for the Wii. The Wii is a tremendous console. Oh, it's like, fantastic. It's, it's got some in, insanely yeah. good games. Yeah, absolutely. And there, there were so many games for that that platform that just a lot of people haven't played most of the best games mm. in the platform, in my opinion, on the platform. But when it comes to like the Switch, and now they're releasing like a Switch OLED, which I bought. I'll, I'll I, I haven't it. got the OLED yet, but um, I, I don't know. I don't know when I'm going to get around to doing it. Now that I've got my Steam Deck. <laughs> well, ex- that's exactly my point. That's exactly yeah. it, right? So I bought the OLED because I didn't have a Steam Deck, and the upgrade is is good. But is it the net like necessity to no, get the OLED? Not. Absolutely not. You know, like, this is Nintendo's it, way of doing it, isn't it? I mean, you know, it's right. an interesting time for them because uh, whenever you watch one of their directs, um, you know, you take yourself back. Four years or so, um, you would get your you'd get your Wii or your Wii U section, and then you would get your 3DS and DS section. Yeah. But now it's just one, and all mm. of their eggs are in one basket. The fact that you get to play a Pokemon game, for instance, I'm not into that, but I know it's an absurdly popular franchise. Um, getting to play that on a proper console and as a handheld, that's like that 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 that's just just that sentence alone. You imagine saying that ten years ago, it's like guaranteed printing money, and that's what they're able to do now absolutely so um yeah yeah that idea that <clears throat> to play console uh to play handheld games on a console comes from like way back remember when they did the the game boy player for the, the game oh Cube, yeah sure, sure right yeah they the had super the, same ga- thing. the super game boy for the super Nintendo. exactly right so mm. they, they've had that idea for a long the longest time it just they didn't have the the technology i guess or you know the, the, the device that could do it all so yeah, don't get me wrong. Switch, amazing console, one of the best concept in 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 the gaming space since mm. forever, really. Right? Yeah, 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 sure. But I think having a Steam Deck as an alternative and a very strong one, because there's a lot of like third party consoles trying to you know just make something work there, which you know is great to have. Also, these types of competitors, but as Steam, one of the biggest you know companies in the gaming space. Becoming a competitor in that space, it's just, I hope it pushes Nintendo to go beyond for the Switch 2 or the Switch HD or the Switch 4K or whatever Yeah, it is, whatever right? the next one is, yeah. Yeah, because I don't want to have, I don't think it's, at this point, it's smart, and it's more like a business person in me to talk and to just 
have the same type of, type of upgrade that they've released with like the OLED one. Yeah, it, I, I don't see them bringing something out that's going to beat the Steam Deck. And that's going to be the painful thing. You know, maybe we're, let's say we're two years away from Steam 2. I'm, I'm sorry, from um, the Switch 2. Yeah. Um, in two years' time, the Steam Deck would have been out for about what, nearly three years. And then they're going to release a system which is still not as, po- uh, as powerful as the Steam Deck. And I just see that being the case because we know what Nintendo are like. Nintendo are probably going to do that thing. Um, yep. And uh, yeah, again, they're just going to be relying on their games rather than their hardware, which when really what we really want to see is them doing that together, you know? Um, so yeah, I mean, I'd much prefer it to be you know, powerful hardware and, 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 and great games rather than not just one, not the other. But you mentioned the, the, earlier, the, like, the, the, yeah. their online capability is just blows my mind. How bad it is though. <laughs> I mean, the dreamcast in some aspects did yeah. it better. Yeah. You know, that it's <laughs> dreamcast abs- was a great console. It, it was, was a really, really console. good. I, I love yeah. my dreamcast. I, I'm so upset when uh, Sega went under painful, yeah. painful memories there. But like the dreamcast was out of this world, out yeah. of this world playing, um, online uh you know just little things whether it be like choo choo rocket or even you know later games where i actually got into like quake and like actually being out you know you have to like plan your shots ahead of time because of the slow internet connection but i i I was able to speak to people on some of those games you know planet ring i could actually talk to people you still can't on the switch (laughs) not not without an incredible workaround with your phone and plugging it in yeah exactly that doesn't make any sense yeah yeah. and they even had like you could have like the the memory packs, right? In the going in the controller had a screen on it, and you could see like animation there, which is something. When I first saw the PS4 uh, controller, you know, yeah. with the, the touchpad, when yeah, the I first saw one. like the the announcement of that controller, I was like, "That's a screen. It has to be a screen. These little mm-hmm. dots yeah, they yeah, have yeah. to be like LEDs or something, right? Mm-hmm. They were not. And then when they announced the PS5, I was like, "That's it. Now they're going to use that as a screen and a touchpad." Still just a big-ass touchpad. <laughs> okay. Yeah. But, like, th- there were so many things that the Dreamcast um, did. The small things, like, for for example, like, the, the screen on the on the controller. But just, like, very imaginative. And they had two slots on the controller as well, which was pretty great as uh, at the time. Yeah, you could have yeah. a rumble pack and a memory pack, right? Uh, yeah, and- you could have them all lined up to say one word if you had four of them mm-hmm. next to right, each other. Right. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, that would, that would say slop instead of slope. <laughs> <laughs> But I think, I mean, you mentioned it earlier, like Nintendo releases tremendous first party games, right? I agree with you. And I think most people agree with you. And I think Nintendo agrees with you as well. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And that's maybe part of the problem is what I think it may happen is that they're going to be, they're going to tell each other or they're bored or they're, you know, shareholders, whatever. We'll be good. We'll be fine. We're releasing you know, the next Zelda, we're releasing the next Mario, really, we'll be fine no matter what to release, right? Mm-hmm. And then I think the, the the danger here, and I say this because I care for Nintendo, the danger is that they're, they could become lazy and just be like, we'll be fine with our first party games, release a subpar product, right? Yeah, yeah. And then the GameCube situation happens again, or the Wii U situation happens again, right? It's gonna They're going to make the Switch U, right? Which yeah, yeah, yeah. It's going to be like, underwhelming and then their sales are going to go down and they're like oh wait we got to make it better now that our sales are going to go, going to go down our first mm-hmm. party games are not keeping us at the same level you know yeah uh, across generations we need to do more in terms of hardware so i, I hope 
they don't make the same mistakes they've done in the past. And I do hope as well that the Steam Deck is, you know, helps them make better decisions hardware-wise. Yeah, unfortunately, though, I do think they're going to go down the route, like I say, of releasing a system which isn't as powerful as a Steam Deck, and they'll rely on the fact that they've got their first-party games, and in true Nintendo fashion, they have their gimmicks. Um, you know, like the, technically the, the, the switch was a bit gimmicky, you know, I mean, it was, a, it was the perfect, uh, 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 continuation from the Wii U, what the Wii U wanted to be. Um, and, uh, now you've got the steam deck, like you say, the steam deck is good competition. So where they get no longer is, uh, Nintendo doing it the best. Cause they're not, you know, the, the steam decks doing it better. Uh, when it, when it comes down to being able to play on your hand and you be able to put that on your telly. So you have to see what their next thing is they're going to do. They're, they're going to come out with something and who knows? Um, I, I, no. I, 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 as much as I love my switch and obviously I've got like about 150 odd games there. I'm a yeah, big yeah. fan of the switch. Um, I freaking hate those nunchucks. Mm. They are terrible. No, I've never they're, they're, used them. They are, they are like abysmally bad. Like it, it, you know, the, the, the Wii nunchucks, like the standard Wii controller yeah, is yeah. better. Yep. It feels nicer in your hand. I agree. It, it actually works nicer on your screen as well. You don't get drift. It's just like, that, 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 I can't believe how bad the nunchucks are uh, for such an awesome system. In fact, oh, my, my my Switch is downstairs. I ended up buying third-party controllers for my Switch because they just felt well, nicer. They, they, let's not forget, they made the decision not to... It's, it's other technology, right? Because remember with the Wii, you had that, that, that bar you had to put at the top or the bottom yeah, of your yeah, TV, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. So they were like um, infrared lights or something. The 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 switch doesn't have that. No, no, it doesn't. So it doesn't. It doesn't. So in a way, it's it's another technology. So it's. But I think it's smart to not have that infrared bar because mm-hmm. you want you know their selling point is like you can bring it anywhere and you bring the you know the the little deck and you can just sit it there. It's like put it there and like plug it in and it's it's good to go. You don't need to like add a bar to the to your TV, right? Yeah, but. Maybe it's detrimental to the technology, but you know, it's the Steam Deck. It's also not fair to be honest because they're not releasing games. That's the thing. Like Nintendo no, releases true. their own games. Like Steam. I mean, I, they released uh, Alex, which was I haven't played yet. I need to play that game. Yeah, the same. Tremendous. Yeah, but. They don't really release any games anymore. They no, and, and there's no the reason store. why they shouldn't. They've got an incredible amount of money behind them. You know, they oh, own exactly. Steam at the end of the day. And exactly. um, there, there's, you know, they, they make insanely good games. That's been proven in the past. You know, like some of the world's greatest games. Portal 2 is genuinely one of the world's greatest games. Obviously, Half-Life 2 and your Left 4 Dead games and whatever else. Uh, Team Fortress and all these other things they do. So they know what they're doing. They yep. just don't make them. Exactly. <laughs> You know, it's a bit of an insane look look at Microsoft. They love buying studios, but not releasing games. Like, come on, make some games. That's true. That's true. (laughs) Yeah, no, exactly. So, so they're they're making a tremendous amount of money. They're just being like, let's take that portion of our money that we make and we allocate it to making the best possible our hardware. They should do exactly. But Nintendo doesn't. They need to make it work with their first party games because it's they won't. They will never release a console without thinking like. How is that going to affect our next Mario game, or how is that going to affect our next Zelda game? Mm-hmm. You know, can you use it for like as a like a nunchuck to like play with like the Link Sword or something? I don't, you know, like yeah, they, yeah, yeah. it must be part of the whole process, but maybe it's detrimental to the to to the R and D uh, process and, and development of the console. Who knows? I'm just speculating here. We're just speculating here, but um, you know, both both Switch slash Nintendo. Um, 
lovers. <laughs> Just wishing the best for the for the next iteration of the Switch. Yeah, we went on a massive tyrant there. I wasn't expecting it to turn into the uh, Switch versus Steam Deck argument, but no, I mean, it's cool. It's cool. It's, yeah. it's what I'm passionate about at the end of the day, so it's all good. Absolutely, and I mean, I want to talk about two indie games specifically, right? Mm-hmm. Dome Keeper, sure, and Donut Dodo. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I've been, putting some, I've been putting some time into those games. Uh, Donut Dodo. Uh, it's uh, I, I, I love old school arcade games. Uh, so I go a lot, go to a lot of conventions here in the UK where they get a lot of the old arcade cabinets out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your Pac Mans, you know, Donkey Kongs, uh, Popeye, all that sort of stuff. All that good, good, good classic. Yeah. Like four or five stages on loop. It's getting faster. It's getting faster. It's getting you know that just that. And I, I can spend so long on that. Donut Dodo is one of those games. Uh, it's a mix between Burger Time, which is possibly my all-time favorite arcade game mm. up there. Uh, well, as in classic arcade games, you know, from right. that era. Uh, so it's a bit of a mix between that and Donkey Kong. Uh, there's not really much to say. You, you just run around collecting donuts, dodging bad guys that walk along their levels, and that's it. But um, my God, is it addictive. Now, okay, now I'm going to try and do it without getting touched. Now I'm going to try and do it in order, you know, and then you just keep going mm. over and over and over. And it's got one of those uh, quick restart buttons. So like, try again, try again, try again, and you just don't stop. And before you know it, you've just pumped stupid amount of hours in. And again, this is what I'm playing on my Steam Deck. Um, the other game you mentioned there, I actually went to a convention at the weekend where I did um, like a meet and greet and a, a quiz thing there with uh, Kim Justice, very good channel. Um and uh, they had a game on display in the indie zone called Dome Keeper. Uh, in fact, I'm writing a review of it right now. Um, comes out, I believe, on Tuesday. So that'd be yeah, soon. The, yeah, beginning. Well, it'll of the be month, out by the time this release. Uh, no, 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 no. Tuesday. I mean, it releases tomorrow. Oh, okay. There we go then. So today, guys. Today. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's a uh, it's a uh, Monday now. It's a ridiculously addictive game. You just, you're, you're a guy on a 2D plane, you go underground, digging down, you get your gold, you take it back up to your dome, and then you just start doing things where you upgrade your dome to make it more powerful, or you upgrade your little man to make him faster, mm. and then you just have waves of bad guys trying to smash into your dome. It's like mm. so, such a simple concept, but it's just overly addictive, overly addictive. And it's one of those things, I was just doing a quick review of it earlier, and um, whilst I was listening to a podcast on something that I'm covering for a future complete history video, um, yeah, I think I sunk like four hours into it. Just I was like, I've really got to get on with my work. <laughs> mm. Yeah, yeah, absolute time killers. But yeah, Great. Good, well, good fun. We'll definitely check it out. Now, you you have so many popular YouTube series that you've uh, created over the years. I mean, I'll mention them. Mm-hmm. And now... I want to play a game with you for our listeners and secretly for myself. I like to do this to include myself in the process. Mm-hmm. Um, and I want, I need your help to build the next great series because you seem to have a special formula or at least a process that goes into mine and to your sure, mind sure. when you think about these series. So weird video game facts. Okay. Kick scammers, right? Yeah. The yeah history yeah. of the games. Yeah, they complete, the complete history, history. Mm-hmm. unboxing series. Like, how do you come up with these all these ideas? And and uh, like, it's one thing to say like, okay, like I'll go on Kickstarter and then you know find these weird or these. You know. I, I think it all just comes formulaic. Uh, I always, without sounding big headed, like in my early days, even before I had a YouTube channel, I was like, if I want to make if I'm going to make videos on a particular topic, I want to try and make them the best video they can possibly be. The video where 
if you watch a video based on a franchise that I cover, you know, whether it'd be like Desert Strike, Golden Axe, I'm looking on my shelf here, it's yep. Sonic games, whatever it may be. Uh, I want to try and make the best possible video I can possibly ever do um, to the point where you, there's no point going anywhere else. You know what I mean? Um, I'm going to try and give you all of the information you need. Um, and uh, I, I started that with really the Complete History series. Um, uh, and the first one I ever did was Streets of Rage, which is the third video I ever actually made. I think it's like 2014, 2015, something mm. like that. Um, and I got a really, really good positive response, which t- told me that th- what I was aiming to do, it was... Um, it, 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 people were seeing what I was able to do. They, they understood. Um, and it just, it just drove me to do more and more. Um, and at the same time, when you, when you absorb yourself into one franchise and it gets harder and harder right now, I'm working on Boulder dash, the complete history. Yeah. And every single day, uh, I, I, I'm just so focused on Boulder dash. I wake up and I'm thinking about Boulder dash. I'm through the day playing or I'm researching. I'm looking at old magazines about it, whatever it may be. Um, by the end, you don't want to look at one more thing to do with Boulder Dash. Your mind is just mush. So then yeah. you just have to start doing something else to try and reset yourself. And that's where things like the Kickscanner series came into play. So I would, um, uh, 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 it, it's what I, I call my trash, my trash content, my 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 junk food content. You know, we all like a bit of drama. We all like to, oh, what's sure. going on here? You know, and I I, I, I make that because it's just easy to absorb junk food type content that that resets my mind. People like watching it. It's actually more popular than the complete history series by this point. Do you um, think there's a lot of scammers on Kickstarter? Oh, it's and some, and yeah. some. It's just like it's another platform where you can make money, and every anywhere where, you, where that thing can happen, yeah, scammers come out of the woodwork. Mm-hmm. definitely it, it, it i don't it, it, it's crazy because a lot of the time what happens is i'll have a list of three or four kickstarters that are based on a particular topic like for instance i'm looking at one at the moment to do with celebrities uh that have had issues with you know kickstarter indiegogo all those sort of places yep. and then all you have to do is just think to yourself think of a popular one you, you search for it on there and you, before you know it, you found another scam they're like everywhere <laughs> how, how do you how do you know it's a scam it depends. I mean, sometimes, I mean, I really only like to cover the stories once they're done and dusted. I don't like to cover them midway through the, the scamming process, if you want to call it that. Because right, right. one, it might not be a scam. Uh, two, and more importantly, the, the, you know, it could end up coming out or, you know, different things can change and all of a sudden my video is no longer relevant. And if I'm trying to make content that is like the all time sub, uh, the all time best video on that particular subject, there's no point doing a video where this is happening by, right now. And then a week later, it's out of date, you know, yeah. uh, that's never really been what I've been about. Um, so a lot of the time when it's done and dusted by that point, you can see that they've already scammed people. True. Um, uh, or, or, you know, you, you, you see a news article about someone that's, uh, spent the money on hookers or whatever else, which is generally mm. something that happened in one of the really? earlier videos. Yeah. Yeah. Spent the money they earned on going to get drunk and spending it and, and prostitutes and stuff. Um, and you hear something like that. That's insane. And then you go searching and you discover all these little hidden yeah. things. And it all comes to, yeah, it's technically, it's, it's, sorry, go on, go ahead. No, 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 but I mean, no, please, finish your I was going to say, technically, it's actually easier to make a kick scammer video when you know what you're talking about compared to a complete history. Um, because, um, uh, you know, because, people, like I say, people love drama. There's so many news articles based on these the, the, these scams and stuff like that, and you know where you're looking. Yeah. Um, but the yeah, and, and they're easier to make. Uh, complete histories are just so much research goes into yeah, them. Compared, a, sounds like a lot of time just you know getting mm. to the bottom of 
these projects and these these games and these you know yeah yeah yeah, yeah. there we go mm. um I don't, I don't have that answer to your question. I don't even know. <laughs> I just started talking then and it went No, off. no, absolutely. No, it's great. <laughs> so I think that that's a shame because like Kickstarter, there's a lot of great projects in there. I personally mm. backed um, a lot of great projects, not just in the video game space, but like in any, you know, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. water bottles and stuff like that. I still use today and the company has grown and some, some great projects have come out of this. But it seems that there's a lot of other projects that the, the tarnish the you know the the reputation of kickstarters or, yeah. or other kickstarter projects right so my experience so far has been to like a lot of delays right like obviously you know um that happens a lot right you they, they say like oh we're yeah. gonna ship and you the thing in like two months and it takes two years right and yeah like, i know I, I don't see that as a scam really right. i think that's yeah, just yeah. part of the process you know like it at is. the end of the day even if a game comes out and it's terrible and that's happened before that I, I uh, one of my earlier things i backed to i remember was a game called wolf uh, which mm-hmm. was kind of a, um, uh, you know, Alice Madness mm-hmm. uh, a spiritual successor in a sense. I played it and completed it in about half an hour. Like, this game is really basic. Um, yeah, but I yeah. got to go along the journey with them uh, and then explain about how it went wrong and all this sort of stuff. And the fact that I spent £15 to g- get all of this and then the game at the end, I was like, this isn't a bad thing. This is like genuinely quite an interesting uh, development history to go i mean I, I find that sort of stuff interesting anyway no so. it is very interesting but for me like the businessman in me thinks about the fact that you're you're basically backing and investing in a lot of the times an idea and not yeah, a 100%. company because like it's just maybe one person a couple of people a group of people but they may have never done anything together as a company they may have never released so they're like Hey guys, here's our idea, right? And an idea can, you know, yeah. I mean, there is there is a point to that though. With with Kickstarter, technically, you need to be past the idea phase. With Kickstarter, you need to be showing a proof of concept. Um, whereas, right, right. yeah, whereas Indiegogo is a lot more. Uh, uh, here's our idea. They do. They technically should, if everything's legit and going the right way, Indiegogo should have a section underneath where it says this is in the idea phase, and you know, you know what you're backing when it comes to that. It is literally an idea. This could may or may not come out, but with well, Kickstarter, it's supposed to be uh, you're actually at a phase. You know, if you're buying something technology based, like okay, we've got an idea for a controller that wouldn't fly on Kickstarter. It would fly on Indiegogo, not on Kickstarter. With Kickstarter, you actually need to say, "Here's my controller." Um, we now need to mass produce it absolutely, or, or, or further develop it. No, of course. But my point is they, they may have built that controller physically, right. And shown yeah, 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 the yeah, controller, yeah. but they've never mass produced a controller. Oh, absolutely. Before, and that, right? that's the thing they've that never, kills them for the most part. Yeah. And they've never, uh, had a million dollars in their bank account you know, yeah. from investment. Like, right. So like these guys are like, Oh shit, we just, you know, we blew up. We got a million bucks, half a million. Let's go celebrate, and then, the, the, and then, you know. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Go, going absolutely. back to like your 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 series and what you've been looking into, like some of these guys spending that money for person, like on themselves, and be like, mm. "We're out of money, guys." Uh, like, and and I'm I'm guessing ultimately, like the, these guys may not have wanted to 
to be a, to be scammers, but to ended up being like scamming yeah, people yeah, because yeah. I, they're using the money in the wrong way. And I know, I, I mean, technically the series is called Kick Scammers, so I, you know the burden does lie on me. And for the most part, a lot of these times they're not scammers. It's just the story behind the whole concept yeah. is interesting, especially when it comes to technology. Like you say, you know, you're, you're, you're a guy that earns a typical wage, but then all of a sudden you're a millionaire within yeah. the space of a month you've got all this money and if you even if by this point you look at your bank and you're like wow there, there's a lot of digits in there um if, if you have the best intentions you can still be someone that uh you know okay we're gonna make this product even better and it's such a dangerous thought process because you end up spending that money oh yeah uh, on making the product a bit better a bit better a bit better and that that figure will just go down 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 you know it's not all people that are but, just going running around that's a lack of experience like again exactly like, yeah i've been in business for 10 years right that's a lack of I, I, myself as an entrepreneur ten years ago would have thought possibly just that right let's make it mm. better let's, let's but now now I'd be like let's make it <laughs> yeah, <laughs> let's yeah. make what we've said we would make and let's allocate the budget properly and let's you know mm. but like that comes with with experience so my, my point is not not so much as like you're selling an idea it's more like you don't necessarily have the experience mm. to produce what you're selling. Right, what you're asking people to invest in, and that can come with a lot of like many pitfalls along the way, many many bumps along the road. Right, so um, I think one of the really, yeah yeah one of the more interesting videos on that is it's not really a scam, but I did one about the uh, coolest cooler, which at one point was the most successful or the second right. most successful uh, Kickstarter uh, uh, project ever, and it was literally a guy that made an, uh, a, a cooler. That you know it could had a radio on it. It had a, a drinks blender mixed into it. all these extra gadgets, and that's an interesting story. Not because he he, he purposely decided, wow, I'm going to be a millionaire out of this. It was more the fact that like he didn't know how to handle the money after he got it, and it just blew up out of proportion. He goes, wow, we don't need to make ten thousand now. Now we need to make thousands and thousands, <laughs> hundreds yeah. of thousands, and he just didn't know how to look after it. And, and I think that's a good example. Yeah, absolutely. And then you you need connections in business as well. Like you can't just be like, all right, I got a million. Now I got to find a producer, like manufacturer, producer, distributor, this and that. that. Like you, you, ideally, you know, someone at least who knows someone that can do it for you. Right. You know, mm. you want to start calling people because if if there's if you don't work with someone that, that can vouch for your manufacturer, your distributor or something, like that, mm -hmm. they can make it wrong. And if they if they mess up, then you're responsible for it. Right. So that may be what would happen some of the times where it's like I have the best intentions possible, but I'm I'm partnering with people I've never partnered with before, and they messed up. What do I do exactly. now? Right? No, so, exactly. If, yeah. if you gave a kid enough money to go and make a lemonade stand, but then they spent all the money on lemons and nothing else, you wouldn't have a go at the kid. You wouldn't call them a scammer. They just don't know what they're doing. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> and, and it's yeah, it's the same a lot of the time on there. You, you give all these people loads of money to, or, or even just the right amount of money to to make this comic book or make this movie or yeah. whatever it is they're making, and they just don't have the, uh, the the experience to know how to spend that money efficiently. That's why I personally look at. The background of the people asking for investors oh, for sure. to, to, to to buy their product in advance, right? Mm. Um, so, 
but it's and, a and great it's, platform. And yeah. Thankfully, a lot of people do come to me and they say, oh, uh, you know, I've looked into this and I've got a whole a, a section on my Discord as well of people giving advice to each other mm-hmm. uh, in regards to Kickstarters. Uh, and, and like you, I, I actually do like following decent projects. Like I've got a few games that I'm backing right now and uh, at that EGX show that I went to, uh, a, a game I backed oh, maybe two years ago or something was being yeah. shown in its near final form. Uh, and I was like, this is incredible to be able to see this game get to this yeah. point. And the fact that all I've done is drop to tenner down or whatever it may be yeah. to, to, to help it along this way. That's fantastic. I've got loads of board games downstairs, well, loads, probably about uh, five or six that have mm-hmm. come from Kickstarter. And um, you never see them the on me, the shelf. Which, yeah. Yeah. More than most. <laughs> yeah. It's nice. It's nice. I, yeah. I, I, I also follow a lot of projects for $1 just to, uh, see mm-hmm. how badly they're going to because when i can see it yeah, okay this is there's a lot of uh copyright infringement in this so there's whatever it may be the ones that yeah. i see a lot of the red flags i'll i'll, I'll, I'll drop one dollar just to, so i can keep up to date with what's going on uh so if you look through my <laughs> all the things i've backed i would say only a third of it or, or maybe even a quarter of it is um projects that actually i want to succeed yeah. it's more yeah, me yeah, following yeah, them because yeah. i want to see how they fail um <laughs> really uh yeah, yeah, it's research yeah and that is 100 percent why um yeah i I do it because in i i can see one day that's gonna fail i need to keep an eye on this yeah yeah now going back to the the game i want to play if you will right Mm -hmm. so oh sorry yeah yeah let's say i mentioned an idea i had initially like at the start of the the episode where i'm like i got a bunch of physical games bunch of digital games as well mm-hmm. yeah i'm talking i'm talking hundreds of thousands i want to go through them but maybe i want to bring people along so let's say that's your case right that's that's your idea or someone else's idea at home how would you suggest that person um produces produce that type of content or that series moving forward like how would you be your thought process to be so like how would right, i make, make that- how would i make that type of video yeah so make sure i get this right so the video is about me finding games that other people would want to play yeah so like say you have a collection i'm, I'm using myself as an example yeah, 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 i have yeah. a collection i want to go through my collection and share my process of like um deciding if I want to keep or sell a game that I have in my collection, right? And I want to create content with it or, you know, while I'm doing this. Okay. How would you, if it was you, how would you go about making it a series? Or at least Um, producing the first episode? I mean, yeah. From my experience, obviously, you, you, you do videos based on things that you are interested in. So if you're interested in the whole buying and selling of games or, or, or buying the, the right type of game for yourself, uh, I mean, already, you're already on that path of knowing what you need to do. Um, uh, I mean, it, it's hard to explain because it, so- it sounds a lot more vloggy in my mind you know the the Mm -hmm. documenting the uh process of buying the right types of games and then being able to sell them at a a higher rate if they're the type of games that you would play um oh it's not so much that that idea of buying and reselling it's more going through the collection and then deciding basically clearing up the shelves as yeah 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 yeah, yeah. like it's it's not so much buying and reselling it's more like am i keeping this game or am i keeping it on the shelf um some of these games 
I've played some of these games I've not played. Mm. Uh, it's it's worth to get the idea is to get like in your mind a little bit understand because you've you've produced so many series, so many successful yeah, series. Yeah, no, that's fine. You have a very unique video editing style as well, mm. right? So like you know this whole like so you've produced a lot of series, uh, a lot of series, and and understand how you uh, create those those. Um, yeah. So if I was going to do this, uh, this would be a lot more on. I, I, I'm, I'm explaining how I would do it on a on a completely literal sense. So I would look at my collection. Say I want to sell my entire Mega Drive collection. I would just pick one game at a time, whatever it may be. I'm, I'm trying to get something a little bit exciting off the shelf. Uh, I would get a game off the shelf, and then I would actually uh, show it off with some beautiful uh, 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 close-up shots, all that degree. And then I would actually grade the game, whether it be the, the amount I'm playing the game, uh, the, the the condition of the game, you know, the inside of the game, all that sort of stuff. Um, uh, how good is it? maybe because it's me i would actually look down the history process of it so i'd be looking at old magazines um i would be looking at uh, uh what people thinking about the game nowadays compared to what they did back then because uh, reviews change massively um and uh, uh then i would go down the process that the final thing is how much it's worth uh, uh you know whether i did want to sell it or not um how much it was how much i bought it for and how much it's worth nowadays if i was going to sell it um i mean that that's, that's how i would do it and once you get down that formula and cutting that into the right amount of uh segments into the point where you're showing off the game your opinion on the game would you keep it would you sell it you you already have a video in its perfect set chunks and then you can just mm. redo that for all of your games yeah. Um, I don't know if that answers your question. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's just me off the top of my head thinking about how I would start a new series. But yeah, no, exactly. Which is exactly what I'm. I'm trying to because a lot of people at home and listening right now are are creators or people that are that want to start creating content mm-hmm. and and oftentimes we we have so much um, ambition. And we make it overcomplicated, or we like, yeah, yeah. oh, I, I need, I need that type of like hardware to to make it nicer or this or that you know you know a little bit like you said with the kickstarter like you know i how can i make it better without even producing anything in the first place right so that's a bit mm. sometimes what comes into mind with like with with content creators or or people wanting to create content for the first time um and, and sharing some of that experience that you have in you know simplifying i guess the process of creating that first video which is you know the first thing you need to do create one oh. and then go as you said like yeah repeat get 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 over it get that first video out honestly once you've got that first video out it's 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 all it's easy from there on out it's the first one i spent so long getting that first video of mine ready i did a video it's not the first video on my channel anymore I ended up having to delete it because it had a BBC clip in it, which I had to remove. Mm. Um, I didn't know what I was doing. It was the first video I ever did, you know? (laughs) Mm. Um, uh, But the amount of time I I, I re-recorded or rewrote parts of the script. Um, uh, Originally, I was going to be more of a character. I was going to have like a Beetlejuice voice. I was going to be animated. Like, you know, you go for all these different ideas and processes um, Mm. on on, uh, getting to that first stage. But when you when you've got it in your head and you know what you're doing, don't procrastinate. Just get it done. Um, obviously, do it to the best of your ability. But know that in a year's time, you're going to look back and look at it cringely anyway. Because you, you just because yeah. once you've got that first one out, uh, it, like you say, it, it's all uphill from there. You can you can just keep going and going and going and going. It's that first one. That first one is hard. Yeah, like mm. b- buying gear, buying hardware. You don't have to worry about too much. Well, of that. you don't have to worry about it, and second, you can do it at any time. 
if you mm. want. And yeah. you, you know, the hardware is going to get better over over the years on its yeah. own. You're not if you're not doing it, you're not going to get better, right? Oh, I, I, hope, I hope my yeah. sister's listening because uh, she loves ringing me up and saying, "Oh, I'm going to do this." I, I'm looking at the branding of what type of t-shirts I would do and the color scheme of my logo, mm. and I'm uh, I've just got myself a new Yeti mic and all this stuff. She's not done one video yet. We've been talking about yeah. this for years, and, and yeah. it was no different to me. I kept saying I wanted to start a YouTube channel years before I eventually did, yeah. um, but it's like. Don't worry about that. There's mm-hmm. sunlight for your lighting. You know, stand next to a window. You can, everyone's got a mobile phone, and in most cases, mobile phones record better than DSLRs now. Anyway, uh, you know, every, uh, you, uh, I, I've you, seen I've seen great yeah. made videos. People using. Uh, 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 I, I remember I saw one video that looked really good. I was like, Are they using Microsoft PowerPoint to go through their slides? Yeah, and they yeah, were because yeah. they made yeah. everything come in all nicely. I was like, Wow, they're genuinely no, using I, Microsoft PowerPoint. Here's here's a an exercise for people listening. Mm. Go to your favorite YouTuber and check out their first videos and look at the content there. It's probably very bad yeah. relative to what they do today. And everybody starts somewhere. And that hardware is only a reason. It's only you adding, like, not wanting to, to move forward or being anxious about moving forward with it and adding, like, uh, reasons for not moving forward in, in in a sense, right? Like yeah. I- I- excuses, if you will, I think, because that's what I did for the longest time, you know? And then I started, and then I, I, I experienced the same thing that you mentioned, mm. you know, one after the other, getting better and better and better. I still upgraded my hardware once in a while. Yeah, right? yeah absolutely. But that's not what made my content good or bad. You know, mm. it was me doing it and, and accepting the fact that I would suck initially at least relative to where i'd be years later if i kept on doing it it's it's such a confidence boost as well it really is it really really uh, i think for better or worse it builds you as a person (laughs) you know you you, you get that boost big time big time i I, in fact um i i'm working i say on the uh a boulder dash video and i'm talking about ports of boulder dash and one of the big ports of boulder Dash. well not ports but one of the rip-offs i suppose actually better word uh of boulder dash was a game called repton um and there's a bit of uh discrepancy on whether the game was a rip-off or it's a game that just was very, very similar when it came out. And I was looking up old school reviews of the game. And sure enough, one of the people that popped up was Lazy Game Reviews, one of my all-time favorite channels, one of the influences mm-hmm. for me, actually. And it was one of his really old videos. Crazy grainy. There was no lighting. But um, it's it was humbling to actually see, you know, him yeah. go from the, 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 the insane quality that he is nowadays uh, from from that. And it's, it's still enjoyable to watch. So just, yeah. Get over it, guys. Get and over even, it. Get that first video up. Yeah, absolutely. And even for like editing, right? Like mm. editing, you need to do it to get better at it. It's just like anything else, you mm-hmm. know, you you get you gotta get your hands dirty. Now, you have, like I said, a very unique um editing style. Do you edit yourself? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, on, on occasion, I think out of the I've got nearly 600 videos. I think I've had four videos edited for me, maybe five videos edited for me in that time. Right. And that's normally when I'm like, uh, I'm going on holiday. Damn it. I, I, I gave myself targets 
that I didn't need to follow. I think it's probably my salesy background that I've had before when I used to mm-hmm. have mm-hmm. real jobs. Um, and uh, <laughs> uh, I would I would say, I need a video out every weekend. And it was getting to the point where I'm not going to get this video out. I'm going on holiday. Can you help me finish it? Or can you edit this video? Whatever it may be. Um, that's normally when that those sort of things happen. But uh, yeah, I, I edit my own videos. And how do you get the inspiration for your, your editing style? Uh, originally, it was me being naughty. Um, so I used to have a job where uh, I was basically used to be on the phone all day in one of my old jobs. And um, I'd be on the phone like several hours a day. And um, it was something that I, I could do robotically, just ring, 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 waiting for someone to answer, ring, ring, ring. Uh, and whilst I was doing it, I could I was normally researching stuff on the computer. Uh, and even though I didn't have editing software on my work computer, I did have GIMP, which is a knockoff Photoshop. Um, yeah. And I would actually read through my script and as i read through it i would find okay that would be interesting if i had my face pop in at this point or it'd be interesting if i had the game cover pop in at this point maybe we can zoom in on a particular part and i would just be cutting out images all day long and i would number them one two as as i get through the script so i know when the next one's coming in and then when i get home i download all of the files and i throw them in there and that in a in a sense created a unique editing style very Mm -hmm. cut and paste like it was it was literally made that way as if i was literally cutting out pieces of images and putting them into the video and that's how it started um i was able to edit so quickly when i got home because i had so much of the content already created uh and that's um yeah how how, cool. how it came to be basically yeah. and that that's how my style uh, uh evolved I, I do a lot less of that now um i i feel like i've really grown as an editor but yeah that's that's how i started off hmm. that's amazing and then just grew from there by doing it right yeah by by literally doing that yeah Yeah. i I would come home there'd be 103 images to download in a folder labeled literally one to 103 and then i'd be like one and i'd put them in as i as i'm going over the voice it it got to the point so what i do is i'm right it's my lunch break i'm going to go down to sainsbury's like my local shop for my lunch uh, and i have my laptop in the car and i had a, a, a rubbish old microphone that was the best i could afford for the time and i'd be like doing my script in the car whilst eating my you know tuna and sweet corn sandwich um <laughs> uh reading the script and then when i get home i can just clean up the audio i have all the pictures sorted and then i can try and make the video and that's how i was able to get videos out weekly or fortnightly i think it was originally um uh, uh whilst i had a nine to five it was just, it was just something i was obsessed with like, I, I i really really i i, I was so suckered into the uh to the youtube editing researching bug i just found the whole thing so fascinating couldn't stop correct correct me if i'm wrong but you also have a weekly newsletter now uh i have a newsletter i need to really update it i need to get back into the swing of that but yeah i, okay. I do have a newsletter i, I haven't sent one out in a while but please mm. please sign up i'll make sure i start doing that thing what i might try and do is do it as a um as a monthly roundup of the content that month uh, i think that's probably going to be the better way to do that yeah yeah, amazing. We have a segment that we like to do here called "Explain This Post," right. and we go through your different platforms. In your case, or in this case right now, um, it's Twitter. Sure. And we look <laughs> at some of uh, the the tweets, and we want you to guys uh, want you to go a bit deeper and explain what the post was about. So we got one here from. Uh-oh. February 6th, 2022. Okay. And it says, can't even buy a loaf of bread without being stopped these days. And you met Vic Reeves. All right. That was a joke. I know he lives near me. Yeah. 
Yeah, I know he lives near me. Uh, and I'd seen him about like at the local cinema and stuff like that. And um, I think it was someone said to me, um, he looked like my dad. Uh, hmm. And I thought I'd put it up. It was just a silly thing, really. That's all it is. Yeah. You just, just, you know, you, you're building that interaction. I, I don't do it for that reason. It's, it's second nature by these days, you know, just joining in with conversations. Yeah, yeah. It, it's just a silly thing. That's all that was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I forgot about that, though. Yeah. So we got another one from <laughs> January 3rd, 2022, where sure. you say, say hello to 20 or 2002 DJ Slope. And we got you there with the green hair. Um, you're at a at an event. Um, yeah, wow. After with with a yeah. Do you remember that tweet? Oh, uh, that was well. That was my ex girlfriend. So we're talking about twenty years ago. So 2002. Yeah, that makes sense, yeah. doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. We was cleaning out. Uh, I was just cleaning out my attic, and I found a load of old pictures. I think that was at the first time I ever saw Lincoln Park live before they released mm. their Meteora album, and I think they just. Um, were playing uh, things like Faint for the first time and stuff like that. It was just, yeah, it was just, me and my teenage years wearing my unofficial bootleg reanimation T-shirt, going to see Linkin Park. Probably had a probably had a chain connected to my wallet, you know, all those all, all those right. old school traits. Uh, still got Tony Hawk's paused at home. Infinity yeah, grind. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. So we got we got also audience questions. Cool. A couple really? actually, yeah, well, a that's couple, awesome. actually, and. The first I think people is, people what, are not listening to this live, are they? This is like from no, 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 no. Oh, okay, for, yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Um, what was your weirdest and or scariest fan interaction uh, interaction uh, ever? Uh scariest? I don't know about scariest. Um, I've never. I don't think I've ever had scariest interaction. I've had like. Uh, I, I I can't think of anything that's scary interaction wise. If I'm honest. Ever. Um, Any weird <clears throat> ones? Uh, no, I don't know. I've, I've never had weird ones. I've had like really cool ones. And I, I always show this off. I, I, I did a complete history uh, based on Alien Soldier. It's one of those games that you right. know is never going to do big numbers. Um, yeah. But it's those ones where they're going to connect to certain individuals and they're the ones that they're the people that are going to come to you thank you for doing that video even though it wasn't popular it was aimed it was almost it's like it's aimed it was almost like it's made for them um and one guy came over to me and goes do you know who that is and i was like is mm. that the guy from the the, the 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 main character from alien soldier and uh yeah he says you can have it he made it for me as a gift uh, and it's literally on. right next to me uh, you know I mean, i've got some insane things that you know that sega have sent me and stuff like that but like that's like, got to be one of the greatest things i've ever been given um like that i can't think of anything weird or scary i've just had really cool things happen just, um, just wholesome that's that's great yeah, yeah. I, i'll show you one other thing i've got here actually um dot decor if anyone's on this is not one of the earliest things i ever got through the post from someone um and uh yeah it's this uh this guy who does uh, animation uh, not animation artwork and he'd done it off the back of my metal metal slug video he created this incredible artwork mm. they're like little um dots like whole punch yeah. dots, and he uh, re remade uh, the 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 main character. Yeah, amazing. Um, and I just, it's, it's stuff like that for me is like, ah, oh, how could you not love doing this job when things like that happen? You know, of course, yeah, absolutely. I'm gonna put that back later, but yeah, it's really cool stuff. So we're changing the question to what was your most wholesome fan interaction? Yeah, we're doing that because I, I generally can't think of anything weird. I, I suppose I had um, I've had people ask me to sign Mega Drive games, and yeah. I almost like. 
I don't refuse to do it, but I'm like, really? You want me yeah. to face your Mega Drive games? I can't do that. <laughs> like, I, ha- I had someone ask me to sign uh, a Streets of Rage 2 game. And, and, and like, you know, it's an, it's an expensive game now, but like, you know, Mario's and stuff like that. It's not a rare game by any stretch of the imagination. It's sold yeah. very well. But I still feel like, really, I'm going to deface this? I'm going to ruin its value by, like, yeah. signing it? But, I mean, they wanted me to, and I did. That was uh, yeah, as long as it's not like cool. a Musha or, or something like this, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Um, I suppose um, some of the coolest things is uh, weird for me because I can't believe it's real. Is I, I get not in person interactions, but I do get emails from time to time. Uh, oh, here's a good one. Here's a good one. I got a, an email from the Oliver Twins, the creators of Dizzy. Uh, my first ever true love, the Dizzy for games before Sonic <clears throat> and all that sort of stuff. Their dad uh, sent me an email thanking me for making that video. That was a weird one. That was really weird, mm. but wow, how humbling is that? How cool is that? <laughs> yeah. That I actually, uh, that, <laughs> that the dad felt like he needed to to thank me for doing a, like, a retrospective on their son, on his that's son. That's amazing. That was a weird one. But uh, I, I, yeah, I'll never forget that. That's That's something that... Yeah, I've made it when stuff like that happens. <laughs> yeah. Um, going back to my point about content creators or aspiring content creators listening to this, there's one where it's um, the next question is: What's the best piece of advice you can give to an aspiring online creator? Um, I, like we said earlier, I think that's I think that's where it's at. I mean, we've all got our own ideas of what we would want to do you know like that you know i think it's the same way when you start a band um you know you, when, when you start a band you take the, the the best music of the things that you're interested in i'm going to take a bit of this i'm going to take a bit of this i'm going to take a bit of this i'm going to make my own sound and i think uh, it's the same with youtube i i took i took inspiration from people like larry bundy and and lazy game reviews and and a few other people as well um gaming store and a few other people and I was like, you know, I want to create my own thing. And I'm so glad I did because this is the best job, if you want to call it like that. I don't see it as a job, but it's like the best job I've ever had in my life. I I, I wake up looking forward to doing this. Um, Do it because you will regret it if you don't. It's not necessarily going to be a success, but at least um, you're going to have fun doing it. And that's the most important thing. Don't ever do this. I, I, I have people message me that I know uh, and they'll they'll say something like this isn't working for me I need to do something else because I'm not earning enough money doing it this way or whatever else and their content comes across because they're they're desperate to earn the money rather than they're doing it because they want to because they enjoy the, mm. the, the 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 whole format of it the the the, the process that why they, they they forgot why they started you know yeah um get in there do what you love and just keep doing what you love because I guarantee you um there are other people out there that share your interests. I remember before I wanted to do video game reviews uh, on YouTube, I, w- I was toying with the ideas because I've always been fascinated with video game history, always been fascinated. I knew I, that was something I wanted to do. But the other thing I wanted to do was um, uh, theme park history. I was always been fascinated with the history of mm. theme parks. And I thought to myself, no one's ever going to want to watch that. And it took a really long time before that that scene just completely blew up on YouTube. That's like a huge thing now, video game history. And... Uh, Although I would never go back and change what I've done, it just goes to show that, in my mind, no one's going to want to watch that. No one's interested yeah. in that. It proves that, yes, people are there are interested in that weird niche that you are also interested in. Um, don't be afraid. Just get out there and do it, because uh, you'll regret it if you don't. I mean, absolutely. I, I, and I think it's something that uh, can be applicable to 
fairly anything in life in yeah, my absolutely. opinion, you know? Yeah. Um, when it comes if, to, if, to if work, you know? Yeah, if you're you're an artist, like you say, anything, anything. Yeah. Get out there and do it. Yeah, don't do it for the money. The money, my belief is that things will come into place if you're doing it for the right reasons. Yeah. Right? Yeah, it took a few years before I, maybe a couple of years before I earned 30, was it a year or two years? Something like that. Before I earned like $30. and. Yeah. And then it went up because that's that was like the minimum you needed to be able to withdraw from YouTube back when I started. Right. Um, and then, uh, you know, eventually it got to a point where I was earning like a bit more than that. And I was like, okay, this is this is a bit strange. And it was years in and I started realizing, okay, so if I double the amount of content, is that going to double what, you know, and it just, everything just started to come into place. You, you Do it because you enjoy it. Like you, yeah. like you say, everything else will just fall into place at the right time. And then that's when you can start piecing together the bits that you, you know, uh, don't do it because you want it to become your job because that will come across. Yeah, agree. Mm -hmm. Now, the next and final segment. Go for it. Is the rapid fire question questions? Well, I'm bad at Fifteen. This. Well, there's no right or wrong answer, <laughs> you know. Uh, and they're really, really silly. Yeah, that's uh, all good. It's all you, good. I'll, I'll tell you right from the get go. I haven't seen them. Our producers, okay. uh, you know, puts them together. Um, and he, he has a lot of fun creating those questions. I can I can guarantee it. Mm -hmm. So let's let's go through them. Fifteen questions. This or that. No right or wrong answer. Just don't. No, no, no. It's good. Answer. He's always worrying. That, oh dear! Did you just say that? No. <laughs> <laughs> DJ Slope oh, just cancelled. Good content, right? <laughs> yeah. You ready? Go for it. Go for it. All right. String cheese or cheese strings? Cheese strings. Blankets or comforters? Uh, blankets. Uh, fold paper. Sorry, fold toilet paper or scrunch toilet paper. Uh, full folded. Live in a trash can or live in in, a, in the sewers. Uh, trash can. <laughs> Adobe <laughs> Premiere or Final Cut. Uh, I use Neva. I use Sony Vegas. Mm, it's always I'm always fascinated with that. Like, I feel like Sony Vegas has been like around for so many years. Yeah, and so it's Magic's Vegas now. It's been like that for, for oh, about... Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, never be able to pick a booger or be able to pick all the boogers, but you have to eat them. Oh, that makes me feel sick. <laughs> just, I, I, I'll just, I, I won't be able to breathe out my nose. I'll go with that. <laughs> I'm not picking Live in them. New York or live in Toronto? Uh, never been to either. Uh, New York? I've always been fascinated. I want to go there next one, year for my 40th. One pillow or two pillows? Two. One that way, one that way. Be amazing at basketball or football, soccer? Uh, basketball. Can't stand for soccer. Would you rather be a singer or a comedian? Uh, singer? Delete TikTok or delete Instagram? Ooh, I'm really into TikTok at the moment. So, Instagram? Mario or Pokemon? Mario. Yeah, I knew the sensor from, from yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what you said earlier. <laughs> eat salt or eat pepper? Uh, salt. Would you rather eat a zombie or get eaten by a zombie? <laughs> eat one. I'd rather eat one. Kick scammers or the complete history? Complete history. That's my baby. There we go. Yeah, 15 there questions answered. There it All is. All of them right. Mm -hmm. See, it's <laughs> like, you know, I, I said that disgusting bogey thing. Like, there's certain things that I can't handle. 
like spit and bogeys and things like that just make me feel disgusting. Like it makes me, <laughs> but, um, uh, I, I'll eat a zombie any day of the week if I need to. Like I got no problems there. I'll leave, I'll leave the, uh, the, 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 the spitty mouth nosy part. I won't eat that bit, but <laughs> I'll, I'll eat the yeah. rest. Yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm quite a disgusting guy, uh, behind closed doors. <laughs> <laughs> there we go dan yeah thank you so much for being part of the 30th episode of stream Damn. i forgot to mention it at the very start but you know it's been 30 episodes anniversary um, talk time. about thank you yeah i mean talk about you know starting something and just going through the process of just getting better and just you know is, is it growing nicely do you think well i i can i can tell you that when i first started this series mm. we did a lot of edits <laughs> to the right. first few episodes and and nowadays i think we just keep them the way they are right we don't yeah. make any Ooh. cuts um i think um it grows quite nicely uh we we feel very fortunate to have so many amazing creators uh wanting to participate mm. and so many amazing the amazing audiences that are listening to these episodes wanted to learn more about um, about you guys, about um, becoming, you know, uh, themselves content creators and anybody interested in that space. So uh, it's it's been uh, it's been a lot of fun, mm. and we're going to be celebrating the first year anniversary in October, oh, which wow. I'm really excited about. So it's uh, it's quite it's quite fun. It's been uh, it's been a journey so far, and it's uh, yeah, I'm I'm uh, I'm hoping for another thirty. Let's yeah, for sure. For sure. There's no reason not to, right? Exactly. Well, 30 episodes, but let's focus on your content <laughs> to end this episode. And I'll invite every single one of you guys listening right now to go check out Slope's Game Room okay, yeah. on YouTube, mm-hmm. on Twitter, on TikTok. Okay, I got to I got to check you out on TikTok. I love the platform as well. Uh, I'm really so yeah, it, it's one doing. of those things, especially with my uh, demographic, which is... 30 yep. years and up i suppose they right. really don't like the idea of tiktok but right. for me uh, same as the kick scammer series i just find it refreshing to go from a video that's uh, two hours long to doing a video that has to be a minute and try yep. and absorb that. and it's just it's, it's quite it's quite nice it keeps it keeps the creative juices flowing absolutely i think it's one of the most uh it's one of the best pl- platforms to really express your creativity you know it's really mm-hmm. something that um you can you can also like create videos on the go it doesn't require necessarily a lot of like production yeah, uh, yeah. or you know it's just it's, it's i mean I, I i keep the same mindset of how i do youtube they're still fully right. edited videos uh yep. on, on my tiktok that's just how i do them i i, I don't know if i've 100 percent understood what tiktok is about but right. i'm going with it the way i'm i'm continuing the way i started anyway well it's, um, it's the same yeah. it's the same thing you you do it and then you'll learn from it and then you'll get you know you'll understand like your target audience there as well which is probably going to be different than what's on youtube oh in, it's in insanity way, you know? so on my second channel i have i, I don't even remember how many close to say ten thousand subscribers eight nine ten thousand something to that effect if yeah. i put the same uh content out so if i make a short on the second channel and then uh, you know a typical tiktok video the same video if i upload both the same video i'll get say i don't know say 300 views on the second channel but uh, well over a thousand on tiktok even though on tiktok yeah. i've got less than a thousand people following me it's that's pretty nice it's it's it, it's actually quite bonkers it it shows youtube's trying to play catch up uh with tiktok yep. in that field at least in that as field. they should as yeah. they should it's the you know it's 
Yeah, absolutely. It's pulling in more so guys, views than Google. Sorry, we're, we're going yeah. off on one now. I'm giving, no, no, I'm giving TikTok uh, tips to end this. <laughs> no, well, you know, maybe maybe it's uh, it's some content for, for another video because, I mean, I'm really excited about the platform as well. Yeah. Um, bottom line is, guys, go check out Slopes Game Room Thank on you YouTube, so much. TikTok, and Twitter. Yeah, please do. Thank, Thank you, you guys. Thank you for being here again. Uh, it was a real pleasure to have you. You too. And guys, at home, on the road, listening to this podcast, let us know who you want us to interview next. And also, don't forget to give us any positive feedback. Any feedback at all is always appreciated. Um, five-star reviews. Let us know what you think about what we're doing. We always love to hear your thoughts uh, and your feedback. Thank you for listening. And we're back every Tuesday mm-hmm. for the whole year. Every Tuesday, make sure to subscribe to our podcast. We'll see you guys next week with another Streamforge Radio episode. Thanks for listening. Sounds good. Cheers, guys.